The views expressed on the following program are designed to amplify those of the speaker and are not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsor. <laughs> and now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on Today's Experience. Yeah, it's Expository Thursday. Expository Thursday as we work together to know the letter better. First, into the narrative of the book of Acts we travel to understand the things the Lord doth require of us so we can learn to apply God's timeless truths in our lives. The leaders of the new church went together to the temple, the first recorded activity after an extremely successful mission for the kingdom is praying together. They are setting an example for the people of God to follow. This is likely not the 122nd prayer time that we do in most of our churches. Maybe some people and some churches should go to the bank, take out a loan, and buy a clue. Next, a certain man was lame from his mother's womb. Right away, people with limited perspectives would try to assess what happened to him. This is just like the apostolic Q&A in John chapter 9. Why did this happen? It has nothing to do with the why or the why not, but for the what for. Ah, And finally, this lame man made his living by asking for alms, and alms are donations and charities and handouts. He begged, and here's the problem. God's about to change his routine, and it happens without a great deal of preparation. This shows why we should always be ready to receive from God. He gives even when we don't know it's coming. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations. Spiritual observations. My life's insanities. And oy vey, so much more. Hey, 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 hey. There was more than one hey right there. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? You can email us, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. You can text us live during the show. It's fun. 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Or you can call us, 972-445-0770. And when you call 972-445-0770, the sun will rise up behind you as Terrific T answers the phone. That's a good one. <laughs> and then she'll turn you over to me. And you're on your own. Here's the bottom line to all of it. Uh, it's, it's really, 
It's any topics open for conversation, anything that you want to share, because it's not professional radio. It's just radio. And sometimes I'm not sure about that. But what it is is an opportunity for you to share a thought, a comment. Perhaps you have a question. Perhaps you have something the Lord is working on in your life and you want to share, or a prayer request, or a praise report, or even perhaps an answer to Bible trivia. Well, could you imagine we do Bible trivia? Sure. Here we go. Complete the third beatitude. Blessed are the meek for... you got to finish that. Complete the third beatitude. Blessed are the meek for... The rest of that's up to you. By the way, if you think you know what the answer is, you can call in 972-445-0770. Or you can text in 214-210-8483. Or you can send an email to david at hemustincrease.org. We have somebody already calling in, so we're doing pretty good there. We want you to have that opportunity to answer these questions. Sometimes you got to be fast. But uh, the biggest thing is that we learn it together and we grow together in it. That's the most important part. Just keep that in mind. And let's see. Uh, the reason we were trying to coordinate at the end of that last segment going into this top segment is we have a legal identification system. That's what we have to always do. So it's one of those things that happens. Uh, somebody ready to answer? Okay. I'm leaning over. Leaning over. Leaning over. This is David. Who am I talking to? You're talking to Deborah. Hi, Deborah. How are you? I'm good. How are you today? I'm doing good. I am. Uh, uh, my wife got a day off, so I was really happy about that. So she gets a little bit of rest. And uh, and I'm I'm kind of current on most things, so I'm I'm not feeling like I'm always behind. <laughs> you ever get that feeling? Well, that's good. That's good. You're running and you're like, I just feel like I'm behind everything everywhere. Do you ever feel that way? <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> I've been having that go on a lot. But anyhow, uh, now that I've bored you with that, here's your opportunity to answer the trivia question. Great, great question. Complete the third beatitude. Blessed are the meek. For they shall inherit the earth. That is correct, Amundo! They shall inherit the earth. And we're not going to make fun of too many people, but there was a classic movie where they showed Jesus in the background and it says, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And the guy goes, Well, that's good. They ought to get something. <laughs> that's right i know all those things that's terrible is it good job well you have a good memory yeah unfortunately good job on that thank you so much all right all right y'all have a good one all right god bless Bye-bye. Bye-bye. all right that's us Get used to it. <laughs> so, you always used to tell people, no, this is true, because it can get really goofy. And people are like, oh, I don't like that. Well, there's this really funny knob on the right side. <laughs> just, you just turn it. Uh, let's get ready for our expository teaching and our fantastic, very expensive, very in-depth expository sound. Here we go. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. All I can say is wow! Wow! <laughs> wow! Wow! All I can say is wow! There you go. <laughs> That's right. Okay, uh, let's uh, start off here. We're in Acts chapter 3, verse 1. I love the book of Acts. It's so much fun to read. It's so 
fascinating. I don't tell people to do this so that you get kind of weird uh, psychosomatic kind of things. But I always think if I was somebody sitting like on uh, like a marble uh, stone watching this stuff go on, how would it impress me? How would I think about it? You know, I don't sit there and, you know, it's not the imaging kind of thing. It's more like, well, if I had heard that, what I think? And so that's why I love doing this. Here we go. Uh, Acts chapter 3, verse 1. Now Peter and John went up to the together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. Okay, here's some practical teaching for you. The hour of prayer, the ninth hour. Okay, that's going to be, watch this, ready? That's going to be 3 p.m., the ninth hour. There were three designated times of prayer in the culture and in the temple at the time of the apostles at the time of this writing. It was 9 a.m., 3 p.m., and sunset. So sunset had a more of a variation. So, you know, six-ish kind of thing. Nine, three, and sunset. Okay? This is the ninth hour. Everybody's awake. Got that? That's kind of important. And so these guys, Peter and John, now remember, they. this is what I want you to remember. We're just finishing Acts chapter 2, right? We're just finishing. Peter has given a a profound sermon that that he probably already knows was way beyond himself, quoting Old Testament elements. This is the Holy Spirit being poured out on him. He's teaching in such an incredible way, but it really shows you that it's the power of the Holy Spirit. Thousands of people get saved. And you're not talking about television. You're not talking about, you know, multimedia formats or anything like that. You are talking about the the, the most simplistic f- gatherings of humanity, just people getting together. Thousands make a decision to follow Jesus Christ. The very next picture after this tremendously successful mission in this tremendously successful activity in the kingdom of God, Peter and John go up together to pray. Some people would go to Applebee's. I'm just saying. I'm just giving you some ideas. The scripture shows that after this great these great events, they go up to pray. Why? Because who deserves the thanksgiving? Who deserves the acknowledgement? Who deserves the praise? When you have a victory, and I mean a victory, where something massive happens, or even something that's not massive but important to you, and you get that victory, and there is a tendency of humanity to celebrate and don't lie about it. Everybody does it, you know, so we want to do something special. That was really cool, incredible. We want to celebrate that. We want to acknowledge that. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with memorials and celebrating in that capacity. But what these guys are next shown in Scripture is doing is going to pray. Why? Well, there's a couple reasons. One, to be thankful, and two, because there's more to do. They're about to find out that one victory on top of another victory. And I will say this, and don't misunderstand this, but in sales, when you make a sale, they tell you to make another call right away because you're hot. Because Well, in ministry, when you're doing good, stay in it because more's coming. And that's get evidence. They're getting prepped to share 
and to see something that even more amazing than people thought would happen. All right, we'll take our break and come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the Christian station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. What is the David Spoon Experience? I did what most Christian men would do when they make a mistake. It's their fault. There's nothing but humiliation on your face, and you're trying to recover in the moment. And you know what I did? I blamed it on every possible unseen force except for myself. You have chosen So guess who knocked that uh, crystal light on that white carpet? It was Satan, by golly. Well, it was at that moment because it certainly wasn't my fault. I didn't knock the, the crystal light all over. It was my glass. I did pour it. I did bring it to the table and somehow fell on the, the carpet and spread everywhere. And by golly, I wasn't going to take the blame for it because that would be taking personal responsibility. Well, I'm not taking personal responsibility. After all, that $500 deposit we just had that we were hoping to get back when we move out is uh, already down to 200 <laughs> And it was dropping by the dollar as the stuff was spreading. The David Spoon Experience is now run by He Must Increase Ministry. What this means is that we are no longer operating as a regular business, but as a nonprofit ministry that is devoted to increasing the ministry of Jesus Christ. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Bible believers, the wounded and forgotten believers, and the not yet believers through biblical truths. We are funded by listeners like yourselves and ministry partners that want to provide sponsorships for the show. Your donations are 100% tax deductible. And the great news is, if you donate to our ministry and help us advance the kingdom of God, we won't give you a thing. That's right, you'll get no special prize or gimmick. You won't ever get an anointed Bible or penny in acrylic so that you're never penniless, or a guarantee that you'll become rich just because you gave. Your giving will support our unique idea of biblical encouragement. And what you'll receive is a receipt for your giving at the end of the year. It's all about sowing and reaping. Cast your bread upon the water and it will return to you. And if you sow bountifully, you will reap bountifully. But you'll be laying up treasures in heaven. And that's the most excellent place to receive the best return for the longest time on your investment. What happens if you don't give? Nothing except more commercials like this one. Let's spare everyone from more commercials like this one. Go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. And give if you're led to and if you're able to. Let's keep the show going and help increase its time and reach. You must like this show a little bit because, after all, you're hearing this commercial, right? Thank you. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the Christian station here in Texas. The only thing I got to tell you is when I just texted Deb, I wrote the word soon instead of so. So, Deb, when you read it, just S-O, not soon. 
S O O N. You know how you have the word things that you're doing your text and then it tells you what the word's going to be and then sometimes you don't pay attention and then it puts it in there. It's like, wait a minute, I didn't mean to put that in. Okay, but it's still my fault. Uh, next trivia question. Here we go. Fill in the missing word. The people were amazed at his teaching because Jesus taught them as one who had. Leave it right there. If you think you know the answer, you can call 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. Don't forget, you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. And we'll get to the website again in a little bit. Keep Mary in prayer and Ace in prayer. Some of the people that we know need prayer and Jan in prayer. Different people that are, are part of us keep Mimi in, Mimi in prayer. People that need just to be encouraged, strengthened, blessed. We just want everybody to be doing good. I, I would think that the true love of the church has to do with us wanting the best for every person that we have contact with, especially in the Lord. Okay? All right. Again, the trivia question. Fill in the missing word. The people were amazed at his teaching because Jesus taught them as one who had what? And don't put rabbit up my sleeve, okay? Don't do the bullwinkle thing. 972-445-0770 or text in 214-210-8483. I have a little joke, okay? (laughs) Joke's a bit, eh? You know, I got some... Now, I want everybody to recognize, and I don't want you to forget politics. Just, for, just forget it. Just forget it. Just, it's a joke. Everybody get into it. But normally, 10 years ago, if somebody played the Star Spangled Banner, people would do what? They would stand up and put their – okay? Just, just remember that when we're doing the joke since the joke is 10 years old. That would really help you. Uh, the minister was preoccupied with thoughts of how he was going to end the worship service. And he asked, he was going to ask the congregation to come up with more money than they were expected, than they were initially expecting for the repairs to the church building. Therefore, he was annoyed to find that the regular organist was out and a substitute had been brought in at the last minute. The substitute wanted to know what to play. Here's a copy of the service, he said impatiently, but you'll have to think of something to play after I make the announcement on the finances. But during the service, the minister paused and said, Brothers and sisters, we are in great difficulty. The roof repairs cost twice as much as we expected, and we need $4,000. Any of you who can pledge $100 or more, please stand up. At that moment, the substitute organist played the Star-Spangled Banner. (laughs) <laughs> that's pretty funny right that's a good one so everybody stands up and says, there you go you like that that's not bad that's see that's how we roll okay let's get into the next portion of the text I'm knocking pens and everything all over the place here you go this is a pretty important part uh, so now Peter and John went up together to the temple uh, at the at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a certain man, lame from his mother's womb. A certain man, lame from his mother's womb, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, 
to ask alms for those who entered the temple. A certain man, lame, that's the medical, that word lame usually does not mandate it, mandate it, mandate it, does not mandate, but usually it's the medical term for broken ankles. It has to do with people that cannot stand. It's either broken ankles, broken legs, you know, kind of things, but it's like permanent, right? He's called a man. We know he's at least 40 years old. You think, how do you know that? Well, Acts 4.22 gives us that indicator. Plus, in Scripture, 0 to 20 is a child. 20 to 40 is a young man or woman. 40 to 60 is a man or woman. And 60 and older is an elder. Okay? So that will just kind of help you. For anybody, if you're under 60, you're not an elder. If you're older 60, sorry. I can't I can't change that. Okay. So he's he's a man, he's lame, he's at least 40 years old. And the biggest thing about this is he is lame from his mother's womb. And what happens in almost every circumstance that not just uh nosy people, but even Christians do is they try to evaluate what happened what they tried to assess the situation and this happened in John chapter 9 remember the guy was born blind and uh and the disciples did a Q&A with Jesus and they said well is it because of the mom or is it because of the baby and there's like three schools of thought back then there's you know the mom committed the sin the baby committed the sin or the baby in the pre-birth scenario pre-conceptive scenario had something bad about it and therefore was broke born blind there's all these weird theories and jesus was like no 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 and in this case it's the same thing here's a guy he's 40 years old he's in a terrible situation he's lame in the sense he can't do anything they don't have the abilities to have a normal life the way that we've enabled people to do a much better job in that in our time now no question about it but he had to be carried wherever he went they didn't have the wheelchair scenario going on bottom line he was lame from his mother's womb his whole life and people want to know well, what did you do or what happened you know what what took place and this is the problem the problem is people are often in their situations looking for the why or the why not that's involved when you're in a situation, you're in a conflict with somebody, you're having a difficult time, somebody you know is having a difficult time, your family's having a difficult time, your friends are having a difficult time, your your work is having a difficult time, uh, many, many things, even your, your city, even your state, even your country having a gif- difficult times, we're always trying to evaluate the why or the why not. That That is the normal default for a human being, okay? Because the why or the why not does what? It affixes the blame. What happened in the garden? Okay. Adam, she made me do it. Eve, the snake made me do it. Always affixing the blame. It's part of the sinful nature is to point out where the, you know, to always go there. But sometimes you get so caught up in the perspective element that you try to figure out the why. Why does this happen? But we don't, instead of thinking why, 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 it would be good for us as Bible-believing, born-again, authentic Christ followers to think, what for? Not how did it come about, but what is God going to do with it? 
Not why is this here? Why is this trial in front of me? More, what does God want to teach me? What does God want to show me? What does God want to do in this circumstance? What does God want to open up? You follow that? You, I want to make sure you, you hear me and you understand that. That that uh, making sure that making sure somebody's saying we're having a problem on the radio, so just double check and see if everything seems good on your end. What I'm trying to tell you is this: You think, well, there's got to be a reason why. There's a reason why. <laughs> see why? Why is the Lord doing it? You know, who did this? Who did this? Forget that. What is God going to do with it? If we could change our statements to what is God going to do with it. We would do better. What is the Lord going to bring about from here? And instead of them looking at this guy, a certain man lame from his mother's womb, exact same thing that happened in John chapter 9. Instead of thinking along those lines of who's at fault, what's going on, what's taking place, instead of any of that, it's like, ooh, God's going to do something. I love what John Wimber said a long time ago about when he was alive. He said this about the Lazarus scenario. It's, you know, Lazarus was dead. He was dying. He was really sick. They said to Jesus, Jesus didn't go. He waited. It's like people are like, oh, you shouldn't wait. This is wrong. It's the wrong behavior. You should go down there. He's sick and so on and so forth. But Jesus knew that God the Father was going to do something awesome. And so it's the what God was going to do that it was all about. Now, in your life, you might have things that you're going through. They may be difficult. They may be frustrating. They may be irritating. Here, let me, let me just change the whole picture real fast. What's God going to do with it? What, what, in what way is he going to glorify his name and bring you through the heavy waters? In what fashion will God go about to do this wondrous thing that you shall see the hand of God and that your mouth can sing praise to God and acknowledge God of his goodness, his compassion, his grace, and his mercy? That's what we should be saying. Not what he do. Why did this happen? How about what's God going to do? What are we going to see from the Lord? Isn't that a better approach? Yeah, I'm going to say it is. Okay? All right. Trivia question. Here we go. Get ready. Trivia question. Trivia question. Trivia question. Trivia question is, fill in the missing uh, word. The people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had... Authority. Taught them as one who had authority. Are we going to take our break and then we're going to come back? So don't go anywhere. We're still having fun. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the Christian station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. The David Spoon Experience. I am such a sinner, not just a sinner. I am such a sinner. I'm like the biggest sinner ever. That's how I felt. And then it was the understanding that God really cared about me. And therein lies the key. Because God did care. He does care. And it's the same for you. You're listening to me. He does care. And that pain you're going through, it makes him weep. And you might say, well, you can't back that up spiritually or scripturally. Yes, I can. John chapter 11, verse 35. Jesus wept, not for Lazarus. 
Lazarus was getting up in five minutes, but all the grief and the pain around him. Come on. God has a heart. His heart's bigger than your heart. So here's part of the things that I, I mean, I'm skipping, I'm skipping light years. I'm just going past it. But it's like when that guy started crying and I started getting mad and then he said it was, this is how the Lord feels for you. And this is the, the Lord's heart for you. It just showed me I'm so hard hearted. I'm, I'm like, a, I'm like, a, I'm like a, a, a rock, but not in a good way. You know, I'm like a, like a dumb rock. Like, oh man, what's the matter with me? And so, you know what he did when he was done doing that? Because now I'm gone, right? Because now, you, how do you think after after that happens, how do you think I feel? Okay. So now I'm like, please pray for me. <laughs> That's right. Because I'm just lost. And he prays for me. And it's powerful. It's like, you know, it's unbelievable. It's just really, very, really powerful. Here's the thing that leads up to it. Now, are we ready? Cause, and that is the, the powerful point, especially when he cried. But it turns out that I went to that church for a little while. You want to hear something absolutely, positively, mind-blowing, amazing? Three months later on a Sunday night, I was preaching in that church. And I was preaching Romans 1.16, the very first thing I ever taught in my life. In that church, in Pastor David Huntsworth Church, Abundant Life in Dillon, Colorado. And I'll tell you one thing that I hope you really hear. And that is that one experience so affected me, I was never the same person again. It just showed me that God really does care. We're pretty hard-hearted. Yeah, we're kind of, we're mashugi from time to time. Not God. He's totally awesome. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the Christian station here in Texas. Okie dokie. Okie dokie. Ready for our next trivia question? All right. Here we are. Oh, this is a tough one. Ready? 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 What did Jesus say about a city on a hill? What did Jesus say about a city on a hill? What could it not do? What did Jesus say about a city on a hill? What could it not do? If you think you know the answer, you can call in 972-445-0770, or you can text in 214-210-8483, or you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. And we encourage you to go to hemustincrease.org because it's our website. And it's a great place to give, and we could use it. Hemustincrease.org. Website, hemustincrease.org, hemustincrease.org. Email david at hemustincrease.org. Facebook, he must increase ministry. YouTube, he must increase ministry. Okay, we'll give credit where credit is due. Kirk nailing it down first before anybody else can get to it. Very nice job, Kirk. Very good. So there it is. What did Jesus say about a city on the hill? What can't it do? First one in is Kirk. 
let you know. Uh, next, what are we doing? History? We got history? Okay. <laughs> I'm checking with you so I can make sure. Here we go with history. Let's go. Let's go, let's go. Okie dokie, artichokey. Again, a theological term. Today is Middle Child Day. <laughs> Your brothers Can't relate. Huh? It's just me and my sister. So are you youngest or oldest? Yeah, I'm the youngest. You're the youngest. So you're the baby like I am, right? Okay. Yup. Middle Child Day. They say there's something called Middle Child Syndrome. I, I don't know what it is. I'm sure it's real. I'm sure many people have. I'm sure many people have. I just don't understand, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, because by the time my mom and dad got through, my sister and my brother they came to me. They said, "Oh, look, here's a here's a good one." <laughs> That's what I tell them. Uh, World Elephant Day. <laughs> World Elephant Day. I don't know. Milkman Day. Now, many people did not grow up with a milkman. We grew up with a milkman. But the coolest thing about the milkman was the milk shoot. That we used to use to escape the house and come into the house that the parents didn't think we can get through, but they were wrong. And then finally, it's Vinyl Records Day for those that do not remember vinyl records. I don't like you. <laughs> Eighteen fifty-one on this day, the sewing machine is patented by Isaac Singer. Isaac Singer. Eighteen seventy-seven. First voice recording, Thomas Edison records his reciting of Mary Had a Little Lamb. (laughs) I just have to think, if Dave, you're about to say something, it's going to be recorded. What's the first thing you ever want to say? I mean, I I don't know. Mary Had a Little Lamb? That's the one you go with? I don't know. (laughs) What would you say first if you were the first person to do a recording? I might go with. And the lottery numbers are... That might be funny. Uh, 1908 on this day, first Model T Ford came off the assembly line. And I think that'll do it. Uh, that's it. Okay, well, that's all we're going to do for there. Here's our trivia question one more time, and we're going to get into the teaching. If you think you know, you can reach out to us. What did Jesus say about a city on a hill? What can't it do? If you think you know what the answer is, you want to reach out to us at 972-445-0770 or text us 214210 8483 or email david at We've covered everything across the board. I think I can go right into the teaching. Here we go. We're picking it back up from Acts chapter 3, verse 1. Now, Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, which is 3 p.m., and a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, covered that, not not what what why it happened, but what God, what's God going to do next, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful. What's the name of the gate of the temple? It's called Beautiful. Must have been kind of cool looking, right? They laid the daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms for those who were entering the temple. And so what this gentleman had happened for uh, whatever length of time, we know he's at least 40 years old, is he would go into 
carried by people. He'd go to the front of the temple. He couldn't go in the temple because he was lame. You weren't allowed in the temple because you're not lame. So he'd be in front of the temple, and people that are entering the temple would see him, and he would compassionately, you know, he's not in a position where he can change anything. He would compassionately ask people to help out. And it's really important for you and I to, to catch what's going on. This guy, for years. Now, if it's true that he couldn't ask for alms or some speculation he couldn't ask for alms until he was 16 or 18, maybe that's true. I don't know if that's true. Uh, maybe he was. it's just the 40-year period. I don't know. What I do know is that for over 20 years, this guy's job that he existed in was to ask people for money as they walked in. He didn't have any other means to, to have finances or nothing else he could do, so he was begging. The problem is this. The problem is not that he what he was doing. That's not wrong. Okay? There's nothing wrong with that. People are like, well, I don't like it. Well, you're snooty. Stop being that way. Okay? Because people who are in that situation need to ask and need to get help. Need to, you know, yes, there's scams and yes, there's people that do it unfavorably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's genuine people who do it. Okay? So just leave it there. That's that's normal. But the thing is that God is about to change his routine going to change his life and if you look at verse three it says this which is he's, he's laid in front of the gate they ask he to ask alms of those who enter the temple who seeing peter and john about to go into the temple ask for alms so he sees they're coming in right this is how he made his money He's going to ask for all. he's going to ask for money he's going to ask for donations he's going to ask for charity okay But the key in this is understanding that his expectation was so small that all he could anticipate was a coin left over here or there. And so he's asking for donations from Peter and John. He's focused on them because they're part of where he's making his money. They're, he's looking at other prospects. You can't think he's just looking at those guys. He's looking at everybody. Now God is going to enter the picture and change his life. But wait, I want you to catch this. It's not through Jesus. Oh, I mean, it, ultimately, it's through Jesus. But it's through Peter and John. I, you cannot forget what Peter was like. Peter was a very rambunctious disciple, made a lot of mistakes, had a lot of mm, what's the word? Uh, uh, impulse. <laughs> That's a good word for him. He did a lot of – said a lot of good things, said a lot of dumb things, did a lot of good things, did a lot of dumb things, right? And Peter and John, by the power of the Holy Spirit, through the name of Jesus Christ – are about to change this man's life in such a way that nothing for him will ever be the same. I've got a message for you that you must remember. You are Peter and John. Oh, yeah, you are. You are a vessel of the Holy Spirit. You have had the encounter with the living Christ. And you are now a representative. And you may not be able to give people money left or right. That may be true. But the kingdom of God is your position. You are an ambassador 
of that kingdom in the name of Jesus, and you can bring the kingdom of God into people's lives. And we know where this story is going because you and I have read it. We know this guy's life is going to ultimately change and become completely different than anything he ever imagined, and it will all be because Peter and John were vessels of the power of the Holy Spirit proclaiming the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus, and this guy's life would be changed. How about that? This guy's life would be forever changed. You are a vessel like that, like Peter and John. You are Peter and John. You are the church. Oh, those guys were special. You think the, the Lord put it in there just so you can be marveled, marveled at them? Jesus has touched you. You have walked with Jesus. You are a vessel of the Holy Spirit. You don't have any less authority of the Holy Spirit than anybody else. So use that position and that gift in faith. Willing as a vessel. You know, we make fun of the DNA that we do. We do a lot of DNA. We do it every day. We've done it for years. Here's the bottom line. The bottom line is you are a vessel, and it is of God's love, and it is towards other people, and we should be thinking that way. But you as a vessel are a part of advancing the kingdom of God. And you might not have money, but if you have a willing heart, you can be involved in people's lives being changed. I just want you to think for a second before we read the rest of this because we're going to take our break and then come back. I just want you to think what this guy might be thinking. His life is one way. He's going to meet Peter and John. This first time in years and years and years, this person, this person is going to have a rearranged life because they were vessels of the love of God. That's you. All right, what did Jesus say about a city on a hill? I believe we know the answer is a city on a hill cannot be hidden. That's you. You're a part of that city on the hill. We'll take our break and come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the Christian station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. The David Spoon Experience is now run by He Must Increase Ministry. What this means is that we are no longer operating as a regular business, but as a nonprofit ministry that is devoted to increasing the ministry of Jesus Christ. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Bible believers, the wounded and forgotten believers, and the not yet believers through biblical truths. We are funded by listeners like yourselves and ministry partners that want to provide sponsorships for the show. Your donations are 100% tax deductible. And the great news is, if you donate to our ministry and help us advance the kingdom of God, we won't give you a thing. That's right, you'll get no special prize or gimmick. You won't ever get an anointed Bible or penny in acrylic so that you're never penniless or a guarantee that you'll become rich just because you gave. 
Your giving will support our unique idea of biblical encouragement. And what you'll receive is a receipt for your giving at the end of the year. It's all about sowing and reaping. Cast your bread upon the water and it will return to you. And if you sow bountifully, you will reap bountifully. But you'll be laying up treasures in heaven. And that's the most excellent place to receive the best return for the longest time on your investment. What happens if you don't give? Nothing, except more commercials like this one. Let's spare everyone from more commercials like this one. Go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. And give if you're led to and if you're able to. Let's keep the show going and help increase its time and reach. You must like this show a little bit because, after all, you're hearing this commercial, right? Thank you. Okay, let's do a little bit of history, and then we've got our last teaching. Let's uh, set up history. Let's go living in the past. Let's go living in the past. All right, unlike most of the times, I'm going to do an honorable mention because there are a couple of days that are worthy of honorable mention. First and foremost, it is Trivia Day. I mean, come on, Trivia Day. That's what we do. Good Bible Trivia. It is also National Spaghetti Day. So, I don't know Yummy. how I feel about it. Yummy. You like spaghetti big time? Huge? Wait, what, were you about to say you don't know how you feel about well, spaghetti? Well, I, I don't know if it, it, it has its own day, but let me ask you. Do you like spaghetti like with stuff in it or just spaghetti by itself? Anything. Like, you oh. can have stuff in it, stuff out. Wow. I, just, I will eat spaghetti with the sauce as long as there's sauce and no just So, meat. you're a big spaghetti fan like I'm a pizza fan. Yes. Love carbs. <laughs> we're just gonna go out one day and just do pizza and spaghetti we gotta go to an all you can eat pizza and spaghetti thing can it be a national carbs day yes yes <laughs> we have to find one of those a woman all right here is a woman Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the Christian station here in Texas. Let's get ready for our last trivia question. There's the last one for today. What special request did James and John ask of Jesus? What Special request did James and John ask of Jesus. So they asked something special. There's another portion where this story is talked about. The mom was involved. What's the special thing they said? They said, you know, Lord, we want you to do this. What was that special thing they asked? If you think you know the answer, you can call 972-445-0770, or you can text in 214-210-8483, or you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. In the meantime, we're going to do a Greek word. So let me get my Bible up here, and fire away when you're ready. We have done it for a while. Baklava. I mean, we just haven't done Greek for a while. Uh, here you go. Second Corinthians chapter. This is going to be chapter 10, verse 
2. Is that right? Nope, it's chapter 11, verse 2. I knew it was close. Uh, this is where you're going to find out there's a difference in certain words. And This is what Paul said. Oh, that you would bear with me in a little folly, and indeed you do bear with me, for I am jealous with you, jealous for you with godly jealousy. For I have betrothed you to the one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. The key word we're looking at is jealousy. Jealousy, this word in jealousy in the Greek is zelos. Like, oh, they played, but zelos. <laughs> okay? Like zelos. And it means zeal. Of the English word zeal, it signifies eagerness, enthusiasm, intense desire, passionate commitment. So this is different than ungodly jealousy. Ungodly jealousy is all about feeling deprived. In this particular case, this is more of a passioned fire or a zeal more than anything else, not necessarily to the exclusion of others. Jealousy, zealous, zealous. So if you say they lost the game, that would be a kind of a good jealousy. So there you go for your Greek word. Many people will sit there and say, what, what does that have to do with anything? I don't know. Uh, here's our trivia question. What special request did James and John ask of Jesus? If you think you know the answer, call 972-445-0770 or text 214-210-8483. Eight, three. Let's finish up on this text that we're doing. We are in Acts chapter 3. We are at verse 4. We're going to go all the way through it so that I can kind of do the buildup. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms for those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go in the temple, Asked for alms, verse 4, and fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Why this is all important, you think, wow, that's kind of a weird thing to do. No. Not really. The guy is sitting there, and everybody's walking through. And I know people are thinking uh, it maybe it's like uh, uh, somebody going through a restaurant at like three in the afternoon, and there's a couple people here and a couple. This is the temple of God. This is the hour of prayer. People are in and out. Think of uh, think of more of Disneyland. <laughs> think more of like people are like bing 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 bing. There's tons of people in, tons of people out. This guy who's asking for alms, this is how he made his money. He's just looking quickly at everybody. Alms, alms, can you give, can you give, can you give? He's moving it all over the place so that he can, with his eyes, so that he can make contact. So Peter does something fascinating. He says, he's almost like he breaks the routine and tells the guy, look at us. If somebody tells you to look at something, what do you do? You focus. You're just like, oh, what? What am I looking at? And you kind of zero in. And he says, look at us. And so the guy gave him his attention, which tells you he's asking alms without 
paying attention to many of the people, kind of like just trying to get it. But he looked at them because he's thinking, wow, they're calling me out. Maybe I'm going to get something big. Here's the thing I want you to catch from this. He does get something big. Again, like we said, something that will change his life. But Peter tells the guy, focus. And the guy turns to focus and has an expectation of receiving something. I didn't write it. It's the text. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Hi, you can't make this text any clearer than to say that when you and I pray and beseech the Lord and we look to the Lord, we should give him our attention, expecting to receive something. And too many of us, I'm going to talk about this I can't remember if it's tomorrow or a Monday, but too many of us pray and those prayers are offered and they're just, it's not that we're trying to be disobedient, but they're not thoughtful. They're not concentrated on, they're just there. But we should have a higher level of expectation of receiving something from God. What does the scripture say? Without faith, this is Hebrews eleven six. without faith, now listen to all of it. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For those who come to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who seek him. So faith is is a requirement for us to please God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For those who come to God must believe that he is. In other words, believe that he is God. And then the second part of that is to reward you for being a and reward those who seek him, reward those who are pursuing him. God rewards that. And so when we pursue God and we give him our attention and we ask for something and we operate with faith, we have an expectation of receiving. Does that mean it should go to the Nutsyville moon where some of these people are saying, I'm going to get a Ferrari? No. But the problem with the church is the church always does the extreme balancing act between left and right, does it all the time. It's like a pendulum that goes all the way up and all the way down and all the way up and all the way down, all the way up and all the way down. At some point, it's got to stop and settle in the middle. We should be a people that are expectant in faith when we pray. Does that mean God will do whatever we want? He'll give us, you know, we can have bullfrogs and butterflies anytime we want? No. It doesn't mean that, but it doesn't mean you have any less expectation when you petition the king of the universe. He wants us to have this in mind. Give him our attention. Don't pray like routines. Don't pray like it's just a routine. Don't do that. That's exactly the problem that people get in. They get into a, kind of a legalistic or formulistic kind of way. It's nothing wrong with using the same format when you're praying, but don't be dead to the format where there's no life being breathed into it. Make sure when you're communing with God that you're talking to him and you're aware that you're talking to him. And let me say this is really, really important. And if you start your prayer and you notice, let's say you're a person that prays kind of in the style of the Lord's Prayer, you know, Father out there in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, forgive us our debts, as we forgive those who have debts against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, from the evil one, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's say you use that as a format. Great. But if you start and you say, Our Father out there in heaven, hallowed be thy name, and you are not concentrating on our Father, then go back and start again and do it again. 
And I think, well, what do you mean? Pray until you know that you are in sync with what you are talking about. You can walk it, take me a long time. Tough. Do it. Because that is how you will have genuine communion with the Lord. There's nothing wrong with following a format. There's nothing wrong with following a, a guideline. Jesus said, pray in this manner. That word manner is literally its format. It's, it's like an outline. Do that. But when you're doing it, don't just speak words. Give God your attention and expect to receive something. You're not praying just because you're trying to fill time. You're talking to the king. And he wants you to ask him. It's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Look at Luke chapter 12, verse 32. But be attentive and pay attention and expect to receive. And you'll be amazed how good God can be. Somebody want to answer the trivia question? Is that what's on the phone? Okay. Let's let him do it. Here we go. We only got a minute. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hey, David. It's Samson. Hey, Samson, how are you, brother? I only got about 45 seconds, so oh, okay. I definitely they, need so, you to... Okay. Cut to the chase. Okay. They said one, one of us will be the vice president, the other would be the uh, secretary of state. Yes. <laughs> you are so funny. You're just so good. That's well, it. Left and right. Uh, the left and the right. <laughs> exactly right. You're so funny. Hey, I need you to get in touch with me later on today yes. if you can, will I'm you? I'm going to leave a phone number with your okay, person with, because with I'm you. having a little trouble with the emailing. Not, so not a problem. You do talk. that. You do that, all right? We got to jet out, but you leave that with, okay, with Tiara. Okay, so the correct okay. answer was okay, one should be on my right. Who could be one? We want one of us be on your right side. The other will be on your left side. That is correct, sir. God bless you. I appreciate it, my brother. Okay, okay, God bless. Bye-bye. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the Christian station here in Texas, taking a short break, 22 and a half hours, and we'll be back. More Insanity with Spinatic. Just as I am, each the views expressed on the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.